Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, here we are. Look at us. Look at us. What do you have right there, my friend? Nick, it's an open bottle of wine. Well, here's okay, we're letting the cat out of the bag. Have we had a teeny this was not a full glass of wine to get things started. It was just like a little little cocktail weenie of wine. It's just we, a little mozzarella stick of we wine. We cheat, but we had some technical difficulties with the audio visual yes, department. So yes. We needed a glass to get going. But so Nick, here we go. Opening pour, shall we? Opening pour wine pod is underway. Big thank you to Go Currency for sponsoring the wine pod, making this possible. We are very excited to have them on board, and we're hoping, actually, I shouldn't say we're hoping, this is going to be a regular thing here. Yeah. So uh, cheers to Go Currency and the wine, pod, the wine pod. official. I mean, this is this has been the dream for years. Is Oh, man. This is a, a, a part-time career, just oh, this is good. drinking wine uh, and talking to your best friend. Talking about nothing here. Yeah. This is this is exciting. Uh, I almost, I don't know what this, so for Father's Day, have yeah. you heard of this where there's wine like filters that apparently they filter out the, I think they're called sulfates? Uh, I mean, I've heard, yeah, so like the more sulfates in your, like, in your wine, the wor- the worst the, like, the yeah. wor- it more that's where it 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 so it's like it's something you stick in the wine, you pour it all out, and it goes through this filter system and apparently removes Ooh. the sulfates, I've never and it's supposed it, no. to get rid of your headache and any like allergies with it. I've done it a couple times. I can't decide if I am. I have just bought six bottles. I'm not hungover. I mean, no, that's how. So that's why I haven't done. It. I haven't like. I feel like you have to drink a whole bunch to really test it. My wife and I yeah. have done it. I wanted to do that tonight, but. You know, so one of the things I heard about sulfates and the wine, the people that really know wine should correct us here. Right. I heard that, like, that's what gives you the, the, the hangovers. hangovers. But, like, European wines don't have sulfates or something. I don't know. I I, I, I don't, don't know. know. There's, a- But that's, I. they'll say it on like, the bottles if they have sulfates. Like, this one contains sulfates. So, see, there you go. See? see, I remember when I first started boozing, so I didn't drink in high school, and then when I first started drinking in, at KU, I mean, of course, when you first start drinking, you have one, like, <laughs> I'll have a cranberry vodka. <laughs> you were cranberry vodka Taylor for two Swiss years. City, for you know? two years, you were cranberry vodka. <laughs> no, no, what was terrible was I could never find the drink I like. What are you on your period? What are you on your period? <laughs> this guy gets the fuck out of you. No, the, the the drink that I found that I liked was a Long Island iced tea, which is like That's the right. worst thing you could possibly drink when you have no tolerance. So your boy yeah. would be hung over like a mug. But you were and, also 20. Yeah. And, and you'd, I'd wake up and go to practice like, at Kansas and like be able to do my thing. Yeah, and, hangovers are relative. And well, but yeah. I, what I'm saying is I remember when I first started drinking, I was just like, how is there not? We have come so far in society and technology and <laughs> science like. We have yet to really cure a hangover. 
Like a just like a legitimate like you booze, yeah, no I, hangover. Somebody's working on it, right? People like drinking up. Somebody, Peter McGilligan I, from yeah, the Drunk Irish Times. The Drunk Irish Times are on the story. There's word out of a science ta- <laughs> science laboratory there trying to get rid of what we call hangovers. I say hangovers make you a man. This is Peter McGilligan from the Drunk Irish Times. If there's a drunk man, we're on the story. <laughs> but yeah, I I think uh, I think people are on. I I've heard a lot of, a lot of stories about like there's all sorts of like flavor like that's the big thing right now is like flavors and beers and yeah i can't do like the trulies and stuff like that like oh i have like a, I, like one sip of you like that's not bad and then if you have like half of a can your boy is just like yeah needs an alka-seltzer i've pretty much i'm ex- like i'll do a whiskey once every so often right, right. but mostly it's beer and wine beer, beer and wine, wine i feel good it just like it's I crave it. I feel the best after wine the next day in terms of like best being relative. You're not feeling a hundred percent, but you feel like I don't feel it. Like if I drink beer or whiskey, I'll feel it. I I mean beer, I'm beer and wine are equal to me, kind of, but yeah, whiskey. If I have a couple whiskeys, next day I'm like God, I get so many people telling me when are we gonna do like we need to do a beer pod. Does someone if someone wants to like give us some beer, we'll drink a little bit of beer. Or, or if there's a winery out there, any sort like wants to throw us some, some wine, we'll do that too. Yeah. Mid, like a Midwest, like Midwest winery or Midwest brewery. That would be the, the yeah, I'm down for that. I mean, it's not like we're anti drinking beer. We drink beer, beer. but just wine is just so good. Okay. We got uh, a lot of things to hit on. I did get some listeners to send in some mailbag questions. We'll get into that. We're going to get into a prediction for Nebraska and North Dakota. We're taping this. It's Wednesday night. It's almost 830. Uh, Peter McGilligan of the Drunk Irish Times has really has really taken off, which is fun <laughs> with our last game recap pod. If you haven't gone and listened to it, it's on the podcast feed. Make sure you go and check that out. By the way, my wife listened to the recap pod. She was like, it was, this was her quote. She goes, it was funny. By the way, what's an onside kick? And I was like, <laughs> what? Would Courtney, your wife, does she know if you just said what's an onside kick? Does she know what an onside kick is? Oh, without watching the game and just just right yeah. now, like you go to no, her right now, no, no. give it just no, okay. So would, that's no, how I was like, know. wow, really? You don't know what an onside kick is? But, but see, that's the weird thing about football. Football is a sport that, for whatever reason, I find like girls have a hard time there's a lot of things going on in a football there's There's a a lot lot of of positions there's a lot of terminology there's a lot of situations there's a lot with football and i think that they they struggle like all the positions yeah and like the concept of like line of scrimmage which we take for granted like yeah (laughs) duh, right like it's a line of scrimmage they just don't even like it doesn't make sense well why can't they go forward or why you know like they're really struggling it really is why it really, these right. imaginary rules are right followed right like, why don't they just no you can't have that many people on the line well why not well you just can't that's just the rules like it's the line of scrimmage like <laughs> no, but the, in yeah. in and i wouldn't say he's women ineligible. like in, in, yeah it's he's in he's ineligible to catch the ball it's like ineligible what are we talking about there's you know a lot of rules. there is a there ton are. and there's just a lot of things there's a you know a pooch punt uh an onside kick a whatever like i mean you could go yeah. on and on and on and on and so i just think more so than not to say that there aren't like you know, in basketball, you know, man, when they were they were running a lot of two three zone, there was a lot of three quarter court press. There was a lot of yeah, a lot of high but ball there's screens. Flow. There's flow, right? The flow changes the 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 concepts of basketball, right? Like you can understand because you're like, 
I'm playing defense. It's fairly straightforward. It's straightforward, and it's never stopping. Football, it's start, stop, strategy. Start, yes. stop, strategy all the time. And I think that's hard for people that don't know football because there's so much strategy. Well, why is it that you've seen – I even think Frost and the staff did it. They had like a ladies' night. Where like women could come in and like learn the game. You don't see a ladies' night for like it's baseball. Ladies' <laughs> night. <laughs> and frost is tight. <laughs> I don't know why they don't do All that. All they're thing. doing is looking at frost and being like, like "Hey, Scott, <laughs> show me the tight end." Okay? That's the girl joke. The nice guns, end. I know. But but why you don't see a ladies' night for like basketball? Like yeah. Fred Hoiberg's not having a ladies' night for because Husker hoops. I think football has to be explained. But in that's more just detail. interesting. Like it's just it's is is football that much more complicated? It's more strategic. It's the it's like it's almost like war. Like there's a lot of correlation between football. It's just and land war. acquisition. Yeah, that's, that's all, all and that's all war is. Like this is my territory. We now, have to push, son of a bitch. Like we're at the what's the. The Somme. We're at the Somme yeah. in France. We got right. it. We're trying to take this much yards. That's why they use the terms like blitz. I mean, this comes out that's of right. the World War. Yes, that's right. Yeah. But I just was I I laughed and then I maybe was like, eh, maybe it's when my, my wife was like, What's an onside kick? I was like, Wow, really? But she's not like homegirl doesn't know much about sports. Mm -hmm. I actually have talked about we've never done this. When I first launched the pod, we were going to have a reoccurring bit where it was going to be sports trivia with my wife and she was going to come on and we were going to ask. I mean, it was basically like oh, the Stanley would... Cup is for what sport? I mean, Nick, or she'd miss them all. She all would, of them. Name, under pressure, all of them. Name three. I For a while, I would test her with this. Name five teams in the Big Ten. She'd be like, Texas Tech. I know mean, it's. I, I convinced my wife that every week she'd be like, who's Nebraska playing? I'd be like, they're playing the Muskies. I kept saying this. <laughs> why, why would you do that? Because I wanted to just, like, I give her the straight face. Like, the Muskies. And she's like, no, they're not. You said that the other week. No, I'm like, two weeks in a row. The Muskies. <laughs> you know, just testing, like, like how much is she actually paying? I'm not going to throw one of my mom's friends under the bus, but one of my mom's friends asked heading into this last week for Nebraska. So how good is Dublin? Serious. Thought Nebraska was going to go play Dublin. Oh, man. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? I like, mean, it's just like, we're if far, you're a guy, yeah, you're like, your, friends, your friends might disown you for what, that. What, man? <laughs> What's wrong what are you with you? talking about, like, man? You, you'll lose friends over that comment. Right. Or you'll never hear the end of it. No. As a guy. But, yes, so... Oh, my wife. Yeah, so she didn't know what was going on, but nevertheless. The Dick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it, and how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors by Pella won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big-time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple-pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Okay, so with, with structure with this, this, this pod, 
we want to have some maybe wine themes, like the first pour, like the big topic. We have the refill in the middle, and then we're going to have tipsy predictions at the end because yeah. there's going to be usually the midweek pod, and we're predicting for the weekend's game. So we're going to give a Nebraska and North Dakota prediction. I, I almost couldn't do We already did the first pour, but this is more like the leftovers yeah. from – I have some leftover thoughts from the weekend. Okay. I don't know if you – have you – real quick, have you had any – uh? I went, to the cabin. I went to the cabin for three days and I tried to get away. From so you didn't, you haven't been thinking about it a little bit, but not, I, I've been trying to sort of just be like, all right, I, we finished the last pod and I said, it's the first game. It's a long season. So I was kind of trying to step because I was okay because it is a long season. Everybody needs to take a break. It right was now. a long time. I literally for 24 hours. I think I just talked about it. Nonstop. Well, because everybody's I mean, it's it's that's the, the thing about football. We we wait so long and there are so few games yeah. and we're starving for the game and we have a huge takeaway from the first game, good or bad. Like, yeah. And because I guess we'll start with with this. This is not what I wanted to go with, but like in talk, thinking about like overreactions. I mean, I couldn't believe because a lot of the talk is like it's over for Frost. It's over. Pack yeah. his bags. Get him out of here. Bet online for a future bet. Will Frost be fired before the end of the season? Minus five hundred. Yes. Which is like that's strong. That's that a strong. Crazy statement. to me. But but like but I think there's some people that think that's it's. That is like they would take minus 500. They're like, this is easy money. Here's, it is over. Here's why I'd push back on them and tell them that's a bad bet is because that's – it's almost like their thinking is, uh, you know, the fan consensus would determine his outcome. One yeah. guy determines whether he stays or goes, and the guy's name is Trev Alberts. Right. And Trev Alberts doesn't want to fire Scott Frost. Right. He doesn't want to. So – that gives Scott Frost every opportunity to keep his job. Right. Right. So that's where that line, I think, is more of like a maybe you're pandering to the you're fans pandering or to something the people like, that are pissed off after a right, loss and right. an onside kick. Like that's the emotional part of it. But if you're a true betting man, you're saying, where, who's the guy that makes the decision? Trev Alberts. And what does Trev Alberts really want to do? He wants to keep him. Yes. So that means that, like, even though this was a rough week, that's not going to shape Trev Alberts' decision. The next six, seven games, I yes. think, are going to be, be the deciding factor. He's got six or seven more, like, what I would call the easy part of the schedule. That's going to be that's going to be Scott Frost's resume. Is you know when he gets through Oklahoma, and then it's. Well, Indiana, I really think Rutgers, Purdue, right? Yadia, Illinois, like that's going to be the test, right? Not necessarily Northwestern North over. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Shelve that because we got a bunch of mailbag questions on that. And I have some, okay. some thoughts, but uh, okay. Look, quick leftovers. Okay. We talked about this, but I want to just repeat it. This game, this opener was not near as bad as the game at Illinois a year ago in how the team played and how they looked. Again, Nebraska was up 11 twice yeah. in the game. And if you remember, Nebraska was down 30 to nine. They were down 21 with four minutes left in the third quarter. Just some, just to yeah. think, because people are correlating the two games. Like Nebraska, Nebraska was like close to maybe like running away with the game and they end up losing just yeah. this. Um, also, staying uh, optimistic, and then I'll go a little pessimistic, I suppose. Mark Whipple in his press conference today threw out just some numbers that like really kind of like hit me and made me feel pretty good. Think about this. First three quarters for Nebraska, 
new offense, new coordinator, new quarterback, new running back, new receiver, like a lot of new. For, through three quarters, 440 total yards, 28 points, one turnover that was kind of iffy. I don't think it I was don't a think turnover. it was a yeah. turnover. They were good on third down. Now there was a lot of third and shorts. They're like, it is 18 inches to go. Let's get out the roller. <laughs> 18 and three quarters. First down. Like there were a lot of close ones, right? But nevertheless, you're moving the chains. <laughs> why is that funny? I don't know why he did this. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay, so one turnover. They're good on third down, and I didn't realize this. They, didn't have, <laughs> they didn't have a single offensive penalty. Th- that's the other part about this. So I Whipple, think- right? I was like Whipple. I was like, I want to marry you. I'll marry you, Mark Whipple. <laughs> marry you right Sometimes now. Sometimes you just need somebody to tell you how it is. Like Mark Whipple's like, by the way, 440. Y'all don't know anything. We're like, we don't know anything, Mark Whipple. You're right. Thank you for you were right. correcting I me. I believe again, man. I went from I like. I just needed you to tell me. He just was like, we just didn't finish. And I preached to the guys, we got to finish the game. And it's like, I'm, I went from like, <laughs> such, I'd like to cast right. my vote for greatest offense <laughs> in college football history for the 2022 Huskers. But, but see, that's like, that's, that's that's the beauty of coaches, that's how I guess. You know, like, Marty me, me and you are pretty level-headed guys i think maybe not with nebraska football but like <laughs> no but the point is we i think we are but even us with nebraska football we're not like we get so wrapped up in it that one loss makes you just lose it like mark whipple came from somewhere else he's like am i seeing guys, the same thing you're seeing like, like it's come on. not we're not in that much trouble like sometimes that's where like i said at the on the last pod was it took like 24 hours, I was better. Like, you need to sometimes just calm just down breathe. when you want it so bad as a fan, you get out of your mind. Basically. And, and you, you, again, there's, there's a part of like you're starving for football yeah. and there's this build up to that first game. And if it doesn't go, if Nebraska would have won 63 to nothing, people would be overreacting maybe the other way, yeah. you know? So, sure. but I just thought that was like, 440 yards, 28 points, one turnover that was shaky, good on third down, no offensive penalties. No like, turnover. No, I mean, no penalties. Like, that's so, pretty good. Like, that's the part. I, two things. I thought our pass protection looked yep. a mile better than I was expecting, and the ball kept coming out fast. Like, on, like, Casey in was rhythm, killing that mug, wasn't he? In rhythm, but it was out of his hands. He dropped back, and the ball be out in rhythm, on time, quickly. And I have never seen that from a Nebraska passing attack. So I was Nick. That's the first game with new guys and a new new offense coordinator. Like you can't ask for more than that, probably on the first game, right? So and, and keep in mind, everybody was a little. The jury was out on how the offense was going to look. I my, my biggest concerns on our, our our three big concerns. You know, quarterback. Three, yeah, quarterback, receiver, offensive line. Right, and they were. O line pass protection. Casey yeah. Thompson was good, and receivers yeah. at least. You know the two dudes were pretty good, and then so I don't know. I just thought I heard that, and it made me feel better, and I wanted to share it with you so you would feel better, and I thus do. everybody would feel I better. Do. Okay, so there you go. Um, now there are two other things. It is frustrating that the very first opportunity in this is twofold: very first close game, very first opportunity, then for Casey Thompson, because there was there's a lot of I think a lot of people told themselves including us it was like adrian just never came through in the clutch if they just had a quarterback that could come through in the clutch yeah it's too bad that first opportunity casey thompson couldn't come through i will say the final situation 99 yards 
no timeouts. That's a and then Wyatt Lever his hands. He got his butterfinger game right. They're like, Lever, get in there. Put that butterfinger down. <laughs> Sorry, coach. <laughs> but that's time to eat a butter sandwich. Sheesh, <laughs> is that good? But so it's a tough spot. It's a tough spot for him. I'll say this though. The positive was he got us out of our end zone. Trey Palmer made a nice little getaway. You know, yes. like the momentum was going. Did did Casey throw it a little hard? Maybe? It was a little hot. But let me just tell you something. In the clutch, if the, if it hits your hands as receivers, I don't care if it's a if it's a Brett Favre fastball. Yeah, like they shot out of a gun. Catch that thing. Right. Um. So I don't. I don't think. I felt bad about Thompson in that drive because he he looked like he was ne- confident. Neither did I. I just was saying that like you you know we've told if ourselves got, this if tale. Taking us down, he would have been like legend status. Oh player. yeah, I mean, but but we told ourselves this tale like you just need a new quarterback, you can get a new outcome. It's not all his fault. Simply pointing that out. It is frustrating because did you see the stat? Uh, Schick pointed this out. How dare Schick? He pulled some stuff from ESPN stats and info, but. Uh, the first opportunity to win a close game, it doesn't go yeah. well for you. But th- how about this nugget? Before the onside kick, Nebraska had an 88% in-game win probability. This was the seventh time Nebraska lost a game under Scott Frost when it held, when it had at least an 80% chance to win at some point. And the fourth time in the last nine games... 2018 at Northwestern, 97% chance of winning. That was the ultimate one. Yikes.com. 2021, Iowa, 95% chance of winning. That was up 21-6 at the end of the quarter. 2019 at Colorado, up seven, up 17 nothing at half. And yeah. we're up like uh 2022 Northwestern. Uh that was this one, this yeah. last one. Yeah. 2018. What year is it? 22. <laughs> what year is it? Great Scott, it's 19. 2018 Colorado. That was the first game, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, 2021 at Michigan State. That was only 86%. I would have thought that would have been like 99%. Where we had the Croike? Yeah, Croike was like, you want me to point it right and left? I'll prefer to point it left. This one's called the boomerang. Whoops. I'm going to start it right. It's called boomerang left. You guys got a cover both sides. What if I did the boomerang? Well, I'll just do it. He boomeranged it and cost us an 86% Crikey. chance of winning. Crikey. On behalf of all of Hastings, Nebraska, crikey. Crikey, Australian for shank. <laughs> 2021 Purdue, 80%. That was the one I wrote. I went, at what point in that game did Nebraska have an 80% win probability? Purdue, Purdue last year? Am I tripping? No, no, no. Is it 2019? 2021, Purdue? it says. Am I tripping? I'm not going to doubt ESPN stats and info. We lost a lot. It's on the internet. It has to be to true. It. But nevertheless, it's just like, think about that, though. That, I think, is it's crazy. Like, when we've sat here and talked about it's hard to to understand what's happened, I think that is what's the hard. Like, the, the games where it's like we are losing, where it's there's just seems like there's no way we should lose, those are the ones that we really struggle to. There are three that are in the 90s. 94%, 95%, 97%. It's hard to do. And so that's what people are. It's like, oh, Nebraska closed. It's like, I mean, yeah, it's not just our opinion. It's like where we thought they were close. This is 
statistical win probability telling you they yeah. doesn't get much closer than that. Yeah, like in-game, third, fourth quarter stuff. So that's, how about that? That's nuts. The Nick Bob Podcast is powered by Peerless Energy Systems, the leading American manufacturer of air compressors. You may hear the name Peerless and think, hmm, that's an interesting name. Well, how about this? The owner, Ed McMorrow, was watching the 1998 Orange Bowl, Nebraska and Tennessee, and Peerless Price, wide receiver for the Vols, was asked about his name on the sidelines, and he said it meant, quote, without equal. So that motto stuck with Ed, and when the company was launched in 1999, he wanted to create a company that was without equal in the industry. So Peerless Energy Systems was born. Peerless is the Solaire authorized distributor for Nebraska and Iowa. They go to market via local distributors and make some of the best air compressors and ancillary compressed air equipment in the industry. Peerless has three core values. Reliable, dedicated, responsive. And that's exactly what you get. They are locally owned and operated. They have certified compressed air auditors on staff. They have a large local dedicated rental department and 24-hour emergency response for service parts, and rental equipment. So if you are in manufacturing, food processing, utilities, transportation, refineries, maybe you work in a body shop, car dealer, automotive, countertop makers, I could go on and on, but you get the point. For any air compressor needs, Peerless Energy Systems has you covered. Go to peerlessenergy.com. That's peerlessenergy.com. Okay, a couple of things I want to pepper at you. Um, one of the things I thought about in that first game is, is kind of like the issues, what's fixable and what is maybe not necessarily fixable, but doesn't mean the season has to be done. Like, you know, there's sometimes like yeah. you're not going to be blessed with, you know, Sue and Crick inside, but it doesn't mean that you're going to get gashed every play. You might have to get creative with different things. A couple I wrote down, the bus, the bus runs, the bus pass touchdown, you know, yeah. the bus. You talked about communication fixable. Yeah, I think I, in my opinion, the communication, a lot of it is, I think, the secondary. I think the the young secondary is um, they have a long way to go with with figuring out how to like in the in the moment on the field make quick right. decisions and make the right calls. Um, because I, it's underrated how big of a bust that was in the game. Like the, that was like a high school. It was, no one's guarding the guy running straight down the field. Easy. We've never given up that easy of a touchdown in the Scott Frost era. Never. That was the easiest score, and we lost by three points. Right. right. And don't forget about in that moment, it was fourteen to three. Right. We're up fourteen to three. They don't have any confidence. We give them an easy, was it a 50-yard touchdown or something? Yeah. Right? And the quarterback's running down the field, pumping his fist, getting excited. Right. He goes on to have a great game. But that type of play is an unacceptable bust. It's one thing to be like, all right, you give up a few yards. Like, you gave up an uncontested, you know, touchdown. That's going to be what I'm going to be looking at. Is that secondary, can they communicate and be sound in that because that's controllable but like it's also like they're new and i i'm yet to see them like talk it out i've always felt like uh at creighton we would run a matchup zone yeah and the most important people in the zone are the dudes in the back because they see everything and so they can talk and call stuff out is it the same thing for for the secondary and football now usually you're, i feel like your backers make a lot of the calls but like yeah. that's not a, i mean between 
Deontay Williams, Jasmute, Cam Taylor, Britt, like you had JoJo even. You had a lot of experienced guys that have been together a lot where communication can kind of cover up for a lot of stuff. I mean, we basically have we have four new starters. Right. Uh, no, I guess Newsom was a starter for a good chunk of the year. So Newsom's was been there, but the three guys are new, new. Um, Got a lot of new dudes back there. I'm just saying. Young, like New and young. Right. And, you know, those guys last year, you know, they they weren't perfect, right? But they were good, and they just had played a lot of football together. They had been together for, I think, three or four years. At least, each. yes. And so I remember hearing about Williams and Dismuke being like, we don't have to talk to each other. We just, like, we give each other a look, or we right. just know what the other guy's going to do. That's very underrated. It's underrated to just have that right. throughout a game where you don't have to think, and you're you're making the right checks without having to talk sometimes or like a look gives it right where these young guys now are struggling to know what to do, let alone communicate to the other guy. Here's what we're doing or trust, trust. It's not like trust. I'm going to do my job. Are you going to do your, I don't have to, I don't have to, I know that you're going to take, you know, the number two receiver or whatever. Like, I don't need to like, yes, are you, you got him, you got him or no. Like there's gotta be a, not only is communication, it's trusting that the other guy knows their job and is going to do their job. You just do yours well, too. It, you know, it's, it's funny. Caleb Tanner had a, a, a quote today about, we just got to do our job, And that's, yeah, know, that's the old joke from Belichick is, you know, just to do your job. Right. So, um, but I think that's, that's a, that's him talking to the rest of the defense. Like, look, we're not communicating and doing our jobs like, right. or we're, you know, we don't trust, so that's telling that that's that statement. J-O-B, if you're talking about J-O-B, that means people are not doing their J-O-B. Right. So I just uh, I think that's something that that yeah. couldn't get can get better. One thing, the tackling. Is tackling, did you, in all of your playing career, did you feel like your worst, I'm just I'd like in something generalizing here, did you feel like you became a better tackler as the season progressed? Or like, is tackling something that gets better as the season goes along or no? Because uh, I feel like in camp too, the one thing, the, a lot of the rules have changed with how much you can hit and how much you're full padded up and all that stuff. And I also think Nebraska went hard in the other direction of like maybe trying to keep guys fresh. Yeah. So maybe you're not tackling as much. Speak to that. Do you, did did you feel like you became a better tackler as the season progressed? Uh, I was hoping this was the case because I was gonna be like, they're gonna be great tacklers, man. Nick, just for you, yes. No, okay, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Or no. I mean, if that's not true, you don't have to pander to me. I'm just wondering. Here's what. Here's it, what, what I shock you. You were my teammate at one point that played <laughs> defense. I did not become a better tackler. I was this. the. I was a bad tackler no, no. At the first game. I have something to tell you. <laughs> don't our lie to me. First year of <laughs> our first year tackle football. <laughs> Leon split. There's two teams and we got put in different teams. Yeah, they knew. And our first ever scrimmage in pads, which is a kid's big deal. Oh, you're, you're in pads. Right. And we're going to tackle for the first time. Right. I think it was my first carry. I think it was. I take the ball. I go off the right side and somehow <laughs> Nick Bach comes down from safety <laughs> and you clip me the best tackle of your life to this day still it's, yes and you tackled me and i couldn't believe i couldn't either me basically i i i had like a tfl on me on I you believe it. 
took you down and I'm yet to, you would have thought that would have like and that um, was the beginning of an illustrious career tackling no, that was it was the end of your career. I, that was the, that was my best tackle I ever had and I went and played because I stopped playing defensive back after well, my what, freshman what year what came over you that day I don't that you know came and stuck my I think ass. you don't know what you don't know so I was just like you gotta just do it man you just, came you I came go. downhill I think there's also like you don't know like you were like Mike Brown circa yes, 1999 I was just I was filling I think football is one of the sports. I think some people people don't realize when you when you watch football, you don't realize like the stuff you see, it hurts. Oh yeah. <laughs> like it hurts. Like hammering a guy, taking on a block, like trying to truck that stuff doesn't feel good. Yeah. So I think I had spent like how old would we have been? Like ten, maybe nine? Uh this would have been fourth or fifth grade. So, so whatever you are there, you're ten. You're 10, 10 or 11. Yeah. So I think I spent 10 years watching football and just being like, well, you just you just hit a guy. That's what you do. And I didn't realize that it was like, it kind of hurts, Doug. But anyways. But yeah. So I digress. Where, where were we? Tackling. Uh, is it get better? Is it do? I'm trying to think of the, okay. the poor tackling. So so are they a what, poor what tackling I, team? Because they haven't been. That's no. the thing with Frost is they have been good They've tacklers. They've been good. To me, what I saw was um, we just seemed like it was, we were jittery. Like everybody was so amped up that easy plays became hard on defense. Yep. So I think I don't want to chalk the whole game up to just being first game jitters, but there was some of that, right? Just, you know, we whiffed a couple tackles. We just didn't have our feet under us. Um, the communication, that's not first game jitters. That's just like, I don't have experience and don't know what I'm doing. Uh, whiffing tackles, like when Henrich whiffs a tackle, I think that guy made a lot of tackles. Right, last year. He right. had a hundred tackles. He shouldn't whiff three or four tackles. I think he was just so geeked up. You just got to get your feet under you, right? Colton Feast, he missed a bunch of tackles. I think that's his first game. Some sec some guy in the secondary, I can't remember who it was, got broke off pretty good for yeah, a long. I mean, it's the first game. Kalarvik, uh, Kalarvik whiffed. was flying up. That's his first game. And, you know, these are things that I think I I'll chalk up the first game. You just don't feel comfortable yet right you are just trying okay. so hard to make okay. a play so that makes sense so are we i mean gonna be better tacklers at the end of the year i don't know but i know that we'll settle down okay we'll play football okay. we won't be like shit how do you play football yeah no that makes sense you know? okay that that's it that's, a, that's an answer that makes me feel better everybody's nick ba first in, tackle in fourth grade yeah i mean that's the standard <laughs> jason peter was like <laughs> fellas we need to tackle like ba leon's midget football ba that's what happened. you filled that run uh Quick, it, it's funny when you head into a year, especially with all this new. Nice, you took that to the head, Ooh, dog. Baby, you took that to the head. What you got, dog? Weather, 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 weather. Jason Bourne. I don't know. I'll weather the storm. Oh man, that's good. Okay, we have this. We, this is the first year we hadn't done our pre-pot or preseason like five most important Huskers. Yeah. You have a thought of what that's going to be heading in. For instance, one year I had Omar Manning. It's like the second most important Husker. Let's just say not, not Omar Manning quite. did not play. He did not play again. Come on, Omar. He's practiced. So I think he's going to play this week, which is good. But I guess in the spirit of overreacting, after watching one game, if you had a top five dudes that are the most important Huskers, did one game alter that? Because I would say to jump in there, at the, like I would say Vokalek jumped in i'm not so sure he's not in my top five most important hustle like Casey i think that was Thompson, one of the trey palmer vocalek ty robinson staying healthy and those are my four let's see if you can have the fifth 
Teddy Prohaska five. I didn't have Teddy pin your ass down. I Teddy had ass down. Teddy pin your ass down. <laughs> Coming up next on Cool One Hundred Five Point Three, it's the latest Teddy P hit. I'm pulling. Watch yourself. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Oh, Teddy pin your ass down. And then it's all called, I'm pulling. Watch it. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I laughed too hard at my own jokes. Oh, that was pretty good. I can't. I got to work on that. Um, No, I had. <laughs> don't do that. I had Brian Buscini, the punter. But I'm you're such hey, a punter, hey, Homer. Hey, hey, you're such a punter, Homer. Okay, you want shitty putting? Have fun going okay, to no I'll bowl give, game, I'll bro. Give you, I'll give you. You want you want boomerang back? I'll come call. You want me back? I come back punt for you. Who? Okay, so so you Teddy Pena ass down. I'd Teddy Pena ass down. Kind of had a rough go. I'll get another punter in there if we lose Teddy. P. Okay, but but okay, but e- either way, I had so our four were the same though. Casey Thompson, quarterback, makes sense. Vocalek, like clearly, when he went out, we felt underrated. Like the offense didn't totally. function right because he can block, and he's just such a big target. Right. One of the most underrated things in that game was Vocalek going out of the game. And Everything changed. Because Thompson, you can tell who he wants to. It's like Vocalek Palmer, Vocalek Palmer. Right. So he's going to throw the ball to one of those two guys. Thompson, Vokalek, Palmer, Ty Robinson, because of just how thin that D-line is, That's Jason Peter Jr. needs to be able to get in there and do his thing at least to some degree. Exactly. And then you went Teddy Peno ass down. I went Brian Bouchine because I will always love punters. If you, it, any That's other the difference between me. Like, if I'm picking the first round, taking off of the tackle, Nick's like, who's the best punter in college? <laughs> my boy from Northwestern. I'm gonna, I got to watch more of those games, see if that guy just had an out-of-body experience. I think Jimmy Christmas. I think he's okay. Other any other honorable mention guys? Uh, running back Grant. I don't see. I, I'm not saying I don't see. I'm not saying that. You, I don't know if he's our. I don't see if there's a guy. big. I think. I think what you're getting at is like importance to each side of the ball, and is there a discernible drop off? If after, they are, if they out, are out, what do we do? Because when Vocal, I don't know if I would have said Vocalek until I saw in the game Vocalek. Oh, he's that good and. Oh, and he's it's out. The whole reason I had this topic. We changed the whole. I had the no game idea. Changed. I had no idea Vocalek was so high on my list. I didn't either. But I don't know if good. Then Ty Robinson mugs is thin. You know, Feist, uh, Devin Drew walked to Dublin. He was like, ah, oh, just he, got to Lincoln. He, I gotta walk got to the, Dublin. He did get to Dublin. Okay, he good. got to Dublin. He walked there. Uh, but there's thin on that line. Yeah, Teddy Pena ass down is probably pretty important. Yeah, Teddy Pena ass. <laughs> Poor Teddy. He's got a name now. Teddy Pino asked that. I'm pulling. You better watch yourself. You talk about like, if you play that at last call at like a college party. I'm pulling. You better better watch watch yourself. yourself. Man, that is good. Uh, But I just think it's, I may, basically I created that topic just to say like Vocalex, surprisingly important. Yeah. I think he, it's weird. We didn't even talk about him that much going into the year, but like you can, you saw immediately like, who's an NFL guy in her team. And he's like one, he's one B probably there's one a he's one B. Well, and it's not only his pass catching you is blocking too yeah. for an O line. That's a little, yeah, like you, he can block. He's freaking big. He's a vocal. That's he's what he the is. Big Russian he's tree. That's what he is. Okay. 
You want to go to the mailbag stuff? Go we got to hammer through this stuff. Is, this, is that refill time then? I think it is. Let me try, take this to the head. To the head, boy. Okay, here we go. To the pin your ass down. Next on. Cool 105.3. It's the quiet storm. All right. This Nothing is the, but Teddy This P. is the refill, the refill. bag. Well, how about this? Quick time out. Let's just do this now. Quick time out. I mean, I got some great mailbag questions for you, so you're not going to miss this. Yeah. Quick time out to tell you about Go Currency. Does your business need easy, competitive financing for trucks or equipment? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the best available rates and terms for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks and trailers. In fact, customers can get up. How about this? Can get loans for up to five hundred thousand dollars with little or no money down in up in terms up to seventy two months. That's amazing. Currency can also help if you're getting serious about buying a new or used motorhome, fifth wheel, or utility vehicle. Just fill out an application, and the currency finance team will get to work finding a lender with the most competitive options. It's quick, secure, and free to use. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com for details. Curate for this. This is a legal disclaimer. Offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing, <laughs> LLC, DBA, Currency Pursuant, CFL, <laughs> License 60, DBO-54873. Shouts out to Go Currency. Okay. Nice. That's kind You of like cool. that? That was yeah. good. Okay. Uh, just a couple of things. We got a bunch of this stuff for mailbag. Uh, Ali said, will the Irish accents be present again? They were at the start of the pod. Brian Schwetzenau. How about Brian Schwetzenau? Yes. Our guy. Oh, yeah. Our guy. People don't know. We coach Brian Schwetzenau. MVP, we, MVP of, yeah, he was MVP, wasn't he? The 2011 or 10? 2010. 10, Nebraska Bison, Bison runs a statewide freshman basketball tournament. And they won. And, and we coached him to a victory. A lot of, in a related story, we had a lot of F-bombs on him. I didn't realize me and you were so like, you got to, you got to take We essentially didn't coach other than coaching effort and attitude. By the way, to tie it into Huskers, our starting point guard, former Husker linebacker, Chris Weber. How about that? But Brian Schwetzenau says, can sources confirm if the lead editor of the Drunken Irish Times is going to make an appearance? You're talking about Peter McGilligan. And then Dan says, hey, boy, I got a question for you. Who was the drunken feller of the week and what did he do to claim the honor? So I don't know who the Drunken Irish Times drunk of the week is this week, but I'm not quite. I'm sure they got plenty of candidates. His name was Seamus McCoy, a former (laughs) team of mine, and he I'll tell you what, he had a heck of a week. He stumbled into the wrong house for the 14th time. (laughs) This month. And fired from his job twice. Uh, two fires, 14 miscues, heading on home. That's Seamus for you. And he was the chief of police. That's <laughs> the sad part about it. <laughs> okay. Also, not going to answer this question. Got a bunch of these questions. Yeah. Multiple people ask potential candidates for the next head coach is Frost's fire. We're not doing that. Take that crap elsewhere. No, I don't want to go down. I don't road. even want to go down that road. All right. I'm not even going to go down that road. We're not doing that. Okay. You ready? It's from Josh says, does a win versus Oklahoma reset any excitement that was felt pre Northwestern? I'm going to rephrase this to you. Good God. What is my question is which three and one record is better three and one with the one loss being to Northwestern and you beat Oklahoma or three and one with your one loss being to Oklahoma, but you beat Northwestern. If you beat Oklahoma, the clouds part, the sun shines, everything makes sense again. And Scott Frost keeps, they will, they'll <laughs> sign how much people, we like there's going to be a lot of people crunk. If, if you beat if the Sooners, beat, which, and they'll be ranked. 
Oh, yeah. Top 10. I told you they play Utah and I think Kent State. So they're top 10 now. They play two teams. Are gonna, they're, so they're going to be top 10. If you can beat Oklahoma, you know, 51 years after the game of the century, like, trust me, it's not even close. So it's not even close. Northwestern, exactly. we haven't had a signature win in a decade plus. The signature win when it's the big, uh, it's Fox's big game. Big noon kickoff. Big so noon their, kickoff. their studio crew will be there. Yeah. Like we, I, I remember like we've had so many in a row where we've had college game day. I had college game day at USC in 2007. Yeah. We laid an egg. They came against Ohio State a couple Justin years ago. Fields, Chase Young. Like we've done Danny that Waxing. now. Yeah. I don't know how many times in a row. But we need a signature win, especially if it's a national game like that. Like, it's not even close. Side note, I work for Fox. I should be the celebrity picker. I know Rob Stone. They should bring me onto the set of Big Noon Kickoff, and I should be the celebrity picker. You should start. I'll just start working on that right now. uh, But but there's no doubt. It feels like the sky's falling now. Watch them. If they go and beat, if they win the next two weeks and go and beat Oklahoma, however horrific you feel now, you will feel like on top of the world. You could lose to North Dakota. You could lose, like you could keep, you could lose the next two games if you beat Oklahoma. Like everybody will lose their mind. So okay, so there's that. Josh asked a bunch of questions here. You mentioned the word signature win. He asked, does a bowl game six and six with no signature wins keep Frost? Bowl game? Yes. Yeah. So does a bowl so a bowl game six and six no signature wins. Going back to the so I got a bunch of these que- kind of questions yeah. of like how many wins does Frost need to have to save his job? I don't know. I, I mean, uh, Nick, remember? I know. I don't want to be Vegas odds. I yeah, flippy floppy. The guy is Trev Alberts. Trev Alberts sees bowl game. It lets him keep Scott Frost. That's going to be his mindset, in my but, opinion. But what if? Okay. What if? What if the? It, again, the the sixty four thousand dollar question, the million dollar question or the $7.5 million question is the buyout, I think, is you have to look discernibly better. Like Frost is, or Travis talked about that. We need to see progress. Yep. So there's that, you know, that's all what is, it's why they stayed at three and nine. It's why Frost, like if if they go three and nine and it looked terrible, he wouldn't have come back. Yeah. But it was three and nine, but they didn't look terrible. So it's all, there's that variable. But if like, man, if the six wins, if he, what if, you're telling me he stays as head coach. I'm just throwing this out there. I don't want to totally change my tune because I was bowl game. He's coming back, and I still feel like I'm there. Yeah. But if the six wins are North Dakota, Georgia Southern, Indiana, at Rutgers, Illinois, and let's say at Purdue. Yeah. He's back? Yeah. You think he's back? Six wins, he's back. I mean, Nick, Trev Alberts does not want to fire – Scott Frost. I think I'm with you. I think he, he wants does to. not. I, yes. I know he doesn't want to. I mean, he just like the fact that Scott's here this year means that like Trev knows this is the best. The best option for us is the new hires on offense. Frost going to the more CEO and like, yeah. let Nebraska, a guy that knows Nebraska and Frost right. knows how, what this state wants and needs. And then, like, we just need to have some good things happen and then move on from there. Like, That's what I've we told have had never, you. We've never had something good happen. You and I have been on the same page in this where there's some people that, like, you know, SIP has been like, if I'm Frost, I'm telling the boys, we better get to eight wins if we want to feel safe. And I've just never felt like that from the standpoint of, like, Trev told you, kind of without telling you, like, I'm not firing Frost unless it is, like, painfully obvious. Yeah. So maybe you're right. Six wins. 
probably brings him back. I think six wins brings him back. It does kind of feel like he's got to go beat. It feels like between if he doesn't if he doesn't win a game in November, like if he loses the last four to the you know let's call it the best teams on the schedule mm-hmm. besides Oklahoma, if he doesn't look great and they lose the last four bad, okay, now we're in a that that brings okay, but that's that variable of how what does it look? That's like? That's the variable that would be if we really lost bad the last four, but to me, it's like, I just don't think we've the way that we've played the last few years is like, we play people close. So like, it's different than like they blew us out for four straight games. Like we haven't had that for a couple of years. Agree. Agree. Uh, next question, Devin, after week zero, what's the best case scenario and worst case scenario for this team in the next 11 games? It's kind of build. Everything was kind of similar. I think the next four games shape everything. If Nebraska goes four and zero in the next four games, meaning like then I then I think best case scenario they get eight or nine wins, and that would mean Nebraska beats Oklahoma, beats Indiana, beats North Dakota, beats beats Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern. It'd be it'd be a you get your signature win. You finally have your first three game winning streak. This case four game winning streak, but. If Nebraska goes two and two or worse in the next four games, I think worst case scenario is like three or four wins. I think the hard part about this season now, especially losing that first game, is now you ha- the outside pressure on the inside is increasing, right? Where like if you win this game, the outside's helping the inside, right? Like it, mm-hmm. it's now they're fighting against something besides just like the other team, right? They're fighting the pressure, right? So the more you win, the pressure releases, it's all going to work for you. So, yeah, I mean, if they lose so that you, you, they lose one of the next two real scary, right? But really it's like Oklahoma, like Scott Frost doesn't need to beat Oklahoma to keep his job. Cause there's some people that think he does, which I'm like, what? No, no, no. He needs to beat Indiana Rutgers, Purdue and Illinois. That's who he needs to beat. Right. And he can't lose these next two. These next two to the scrub oh, yeah. team. If, if they if, if they go lose to North Dakota, team, he like then you, that bet online of minus five hundred might be like if he goes and loses to North Dakota this weekend. Pff, I mean, then you, then something's wrong, right? right? If you're losing those games, and you're not coaching right, or something's wrong in your with your team. So, but you see, I think you're with me. Oklahoma in the end is like nobody expects us to win that game. So. To me, it's it's those four games after Oklahoma that I'm like, that's what I'm looking at. But I'm just saying that like you got it. The next four, like the next four games, the next four games are huge. The next four games shape the season because Oklahoma, Indiana, that is the turning point of that. Like Scott Frost start of October. That's when the the buyout language. Yeah, that's sort of like the like. Check the temperature. Yes. Right. Like that's I don't know. Indiana's a bigger game. Huge. That's right. Indiana's big. I just think, like you talked about, like if you go and lose to one of Notre Dame or Georgia Southern or Indiana at home, like the that you talk about the external impacting the internal, like the hot seat is gonna get ramped way up. So that's where losing against Northwestern was just just, so just with the timeline. Because then it puts the pressure becomes the end of the game. Because like, okay, you beat Oklahoma 
I think you're good for a while. You you get you can lose the next, but if you lose to Oklahoma and then lose to Indiana, that's two and three, and October begins. Then I think he's in trouble. He's in. He's in it, big trouble. It's he's yes. He's 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 and steam is coming out yeah, of his shirt. That's so. That's why the the loss at Northwestern's huge because it puts pressure then on you know so Indiana. I, maybe you're not by, but the next Purdue. four games shape everything a lot because then the pressure just because in Oklahoma I'm not saying you have to beat Oklahoma but Oklahoma be, presents the opportunity to potentially hit a hit a wave yeah um Jordan Jordan Sig says and we've talked about this but does Frost have the capability to let go of the crap he learned at Oregon and move to fundamentally sound football after this weekend I honestly don't know if he does and I honestly don't know if in four years well, like I, can he change crap, like it's not like they didn't play good football. There. I think he's more so talking about like it's philosophy. I think it's yeah. all the philosophy. Yeah, I think that's what he said. Like, I mean, they play good football. They won a lot of games. Like the idea is to win. That's how they won. Uh, but the, we, we talked a lot about philosophy and the big 10 is a different philosophy. And it's really hard. If you just don't got way more talent in the big 10, right. To try to do what we were trying to do. And like we never got that talent, so then we're like, okay, let's. And so I think the hard part is we're trying to move away from that, and it's you got to you kind of got to pick a lane. It's it's just hard. I mean, we talked about this with the, you know, re, rehashing the onside kick. It's just you would think after four years of losing and being on the hot seat, that, you know, if that's not going to force you to change or alter some thoughts, like I don't know what would. But then again, you brought it up like. At the same time, like he was the national coach of the year. Like you go back to, it's easy to have revisionist history. Everybody wanted this. That was dude. just a couple of years ago, too. Just like, a couple of years ago, you were, Florida wanted him. The thing that you were doing was so good. They said you're the best in the country. You're the yes. best coach in the country. Doing that, beat so, LSU, beat uh, Auburn, LSU, Auburn, Auburn. I uh, beat Auburn. Uh, coach of the year could have gone to Florida. Could have gone to Florida State. Had his pick of all the Tennessee, jobs. Could have yeah. gone to Tennessee. Like. And and you you know how he got that was doing stuff like onside kicking, doing stuff like being aggressive and going for it, or not running clock and instead they play just score, action score, and throw it. Like yeah, they was just so it was an all out assault to go fast, like run the people off the field. I mean, it was just, it was. A, remember his opening press conference? He's like, "We're going to make them adjust, adjust us. us," and we all loved it because you know what? We thought this is good. This will make us different. Like. I don't want to pretend like I wasn't bought into doing. Oh, I was all in. I was all in. Like, I remember like, he's like, we, after the first year, he was like, he was excited that he could go as fast as he wanted to go with the offense. Cause the team wasn't in as good enough shape. Right. They didn't know the offense well enough. So the year two, I feel like year two against Ohio state was the game where. Yeah. They were four Adrian and two. Sales, I think. Yeah. Adrian sails that ball. And. On the drive that the whole stadium was rocking. Yeah, they went. They got under center ransom option. Wandale was just a little short. Right, and it gets tipped and picked. Right, and I feel like everything's kind of everything gone. Like went downhill from that moment, and I don't know what it was, but like everything we yeah, were planning on doing didn't work or something. Because from that moment on, let, let me think. Like you're right. So they finished the final six games of the first year four and two. Yeah, right. And we felt and like it was I think they to started 0 and 6. 
Well, no, they. First but no, I'm saying in twenty in twenty nineteen, we lost to Colorado because we blew the Colorado game. Right. So we won a game, blew Colorado, and then the was it the third or fourth game was Ohio State. But twenty nineteen, they started so one and zero, one and one, two and one, three and one, three and two, four and two. They're four and two. No. They were th- uh, three and one, three and Ohio one, State. and then Ohio State came yeah, to so town. Ohio State. So, was- so there was a, there was a period of time where they go four and two, three and one. So they went seven and three. Yeah, where it kind of felt like oh, and then and then so then they lose. Remember they they so they get pummeled by Ohio State. They win a clunker against Northwestern the next weekend, where Lieutenant Kicker came out and had to hit a game winner. But then they get murdered at Minnesota. To me, that was the game everything kind of flipped too. And then after that point, I mean, it's it's you know it's a lot of L's, but yeah, it, it it's uh. So I guess the point I was the point we were bringing up was like his way of doing things got him to where he is today. I think somebody yeah. was like that crap has never worked. It's like, well, no, yeah, it has worked. It worked. It worked for a, a good chunk of time. I mean, Oregon did it. Oregon and UCF did it for call it 20, 2009 or ten till Scott Frost came here in twenty seventeen. Yeah, I mean twenty eighteen. Yeah, right. By the way, do you ever think, do you think Frost ever in a moment of weakness sits at his house and goes, I, did I make a huge mistake? Like, did I, because I like, think Central Florida is going to the Big 12. He could be Life living in Orlando. Easy. So the thing about Central Florida. No one gives Florida, a crap about Central Florida football, no offense, but like in terms of like scrutiny and. Quality of life, that's a, that's a better job than Florida Tennessee or Nebraska. It's like I got the great recruiting base. I, I can go walk around Orlando and no one's going to hassle me. I'm now in the Big 12. I'm a legend here because I got Central Florida undefeated, blah, blah, blah. Like, I just wonder if there are some moments where he's just like, oh, I'm, <sighs> every everybody thinks about that, but there's a reason why you leave. You leave because you know it's not the top tier, right? You right. go to the best, you go to the SEC and Big 10 because. It's the big time. Like, we're all drawn to be like, I want to know. Yeah, you want to be at the top of whatever it is. Yeah. And so it's like, it's hard not. I just was, I just, you know, because when I saw Central Florida's going to Big 12, I was like, man, you wonder if that dude is like. Um, last minute of my question. Uh, and then we'll get to, uh, got some prediction stuff, man. We're going long here. Um, I'm out of wine. I know. What the heck? This is frustrating. Waitress? No, no waitress here. Okay. Um, a uh, big time Timmy Jim, quite a name. At what point do fans say enough and quit showing up? It has to be close at this point. I can't bring myself to spend the money to go down to a game knowing this is the type of football I'm going to see. At least at home, I can turn the channel for free. I don't know how to give you a specific specific tipping point, and if it's already there, I would think it's people are probably getting close. I can only speak for. I will say this: if Nebraska loses to one of North Dakota, Georgia Southern, and Indiana, I think there. I think you're going to get close to that enough. I saw today Trev on the radio said they still have like almost three thousand unsold tickets for the Indiana game. Really? For That's me, funny. I think. I think for me, like I don't think I'll ever say enough. I don't know if I ever will. I know there's like, what's weird is I'm, I never, I don't feel that way. Like, I don't feel like my, like to me, it's like, it's built into my life. Like, right. I'm always going to be a Nebraska football fan. I'm going to watch every Saturday they play 
forever. And that's just the way it is. Like, I don't think of it like if they're not winning enough games, I won't watch them. Like, but I just don't, I don't think like that. I think this is my one team. Like there's a lot of like leagues, there's NFL, there's NBA, there's college football, college basketball. Like my one I'll never miss is Nebraska college football. I won't miss. Yeah, I just struggle because I think, I mean, we talk to people that are there with like, I don't really care if I watch the game this weekend. I can't ever really, I'm not even close to there. I'm like not even close. No, because that's what you have. I think there's a lot of people that are, that say they're out and it's like, you aren't really out unless you truthfully don't want to watch or don't care to watch. Like if you're out, does that mean if we got good, you're going to not watch when we get good uh, but i'm even saying like you don't want to watch the game you don't know what like i don't understand that like like the way we've grown up in nebraska football like it's an institution that that's if where you're from I'm nebraska at. like it should be like you know like they used to say like it's church on sundays but it's saturday saturday is like yes. this is right this is built into your life right you don't need to think twice about it you just know you're doing it right so I don't think the only way I would maybe get close is if there was a coaching change and it was a coach I wasn't super high on and they struggled for a bunch of years. But see, like, but even then, it's like said that about Mike Riley. Like, I'm not missing a Mike Riley game. But yeah, I, 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 I'm not. All I know is, like you said, you can't really stop and think about what in your life you will alter your life for. It, it the older you get, the the that becomes less and less. And Nebraska football, watching the game, untouchable for me right now. Yeah, because I was, I think, I don't remember who I was talking to about this. Maybe it was Dent, like, was it dinner with you? Dinner. Chris and Willie. But, like, we're talking about, like, how many teams do you have? Like, because, you know, Chris watches the Packers and the Cubs. And, like, you know, like, I, I, I wonder... Do people have more than one or two? Like to me, I got the one. I got Nebraska football. I got two. Nebraska football, I never miss. Nebraska basketball, I watch some. Creighton, I watch some, but the, I'll miss those games. Yes. Yeah. Like I can't miss a Nebraska football game and a Creighton basketball. Yeah. So you got two, so which two. is a lot. How do you have more than that? Right? I don't know. And, and I, yeah. So I just, I'm not close to, because I think it's easy to be upset and say like, I'm done, but like, you have to really understand, like for you to be legitimately done, it means you do not want to watch or at all. Watch or follow it all. You're just saying I'm done. Like I think that's because so like strange. right now someone said you can never watch any more NC State football games. I'd be like, okay, I don't think I've ever watched one other than when Russell Wilson was playing on Thursday nights before he transferred. Like, but but isn't like, you know what I'm the, saying though? I always believe like this is where I'm like I'm such a loyalty guy. Like I'm such a it runs in my like. There's only a few things you need to be loyal to in your life, right? Like your best friends, your your family, your wife, your kids. Like be extremely loyal. And be extremely loyal to your team. Right. Which means that, like, if it's 10 or 20 years, they're going to just be in a hole. Yeah. Like, being loyal means you're going to watch them when they're the worst team in college football or the worst team in the NFL. Like, if you're a Jets fan, I hope you still watch them every week, even though the Jets don't win. Here's the difference is you and I are different in maybe... If I had season tickets and I was having to pay a ton of money for it. Okay, that's a that's a different thing. Like I is it worth investing thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars cuz that's what his point where he's saying at least at home I can turn the channel. Like is it worth me yes. investing thousands and thousands of dollars for season tickets? If you want to pull your investment there, that's, that's an a, argument. Okay, that's the argument, argument is 
the like the, the university you, and the donations like it's it's expensive yes i can like, that's the argument where if your team doesn't produce something has to give on yeah. that which means the university probably has to be like all right we're gonna make this a little bit easier right but i don't understand like i'm at home it's I, saturday I, I it's 2 30 cable and I'm not going to watch the game like that. I mean, even, even even this weekend, North Dakota, like I am excited to watch that game. I'm going to the game. I mean, it's like, going to be great. <laughs> what else are you going to do? Well, that's so I think there's different. Like, if we're talking about being done with yeah. it from the standpoint of like, I'm not paying for season tickets. That is that I understand, I guess. Uh, yeah. But being done, done, like done, done means like you do not care, yes. watch at all. And it's like, to me, it's like, I almost feel like thankful that I have one team that I'm irrational about. Right. I get to be irrational about the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Like I get to talk about them all week. I get to well, and stew in, stew in these losses. We, Nick, we're doing I was, a podcast that basically that's all, what we do well, most of the time is talk Nebraska football. I'm not so sure. There's also the the part of like you've invested so much of your life into something. I'm not so sure if they're in any one thing. If someone said, "What's the one thing you know the most about?" I'd be like, Pfft. I'd start writing down things. One of the things I'd write down is Nebraska football. Oh, it's up there. So if I you mean, administered like the Nebraska football IQ test, like I feel like you're like this guy is Albert Einstein with Nebraska. Like I, you know, what I mean, you think mm, about how many things. Minza. <laughs> he's he's Mensa mature. He's Mensa for Nebraska. But seriously, like, there's also that. Like, you've invested. Yeah, it's just you've invested so much time into it and so much energy and emotion into it. I'm just not ready to be it's like done a, with it. It's a part of your life in a way that almost nothing else is. Like, if you grew up, if you grew up in Nebraska and you were born before, if you were born, if you were in born the '90s in, or before. I don't know. I don't understand. You don't that, see. That's the scary thing. Okay, there, there you go. The scary thing is if you are, if you were born after 1997, or if you were born in 2000, you're born in the 2000s. I think it's that's the argument for like. Why do I like this? Yeah, we lose. Like they've only known losing since they were 10. Okay, that's where it's like I grew up in a different world than you. I mean, if you're, and you're, I'm just, you, not, I'm not ready. If to you quit. were born before us, there, there, you have no chance. I mean, we don't either. Like when we were ten years old, we won a national title. Woo. It's we were spoiled rotten because that's your formative years. Yes, like ten through fifteen, we had the best seasons in the history right. of football. Right. Almost okay. Like it's stupid. The Nick Bob Podcast is powered by Runza. You know, there are a lot of ways to, to greet someone. Hey, hi, hello, what's up? Another way is, what's popping? Well, here's the thing. That greeting has taken on a new meaning now because the answer to what's popping is now Runza's new popcorn chicken. That's what's popping. Runza's new popcorn chicken is amazing. Little, bite-sized, delicious all white meat chicken that make any day better immediately. I love them. My wife loves them. My kids cannot get enough. Two-year-old Mac, six-year-old Mava are constantly wanting to get it popping. Great for a snack. Great for a meal. Pair them with the best crinkle fries on planet Earth, and you are set. All I got to say is you need to get out to a Runza location nearest you and get it popping. What's so hard to understand about that? Get it popping with Runza's all-new popcorn chicken. Runza, 
makes it all better. I'm going to throw out a stupid idea. You can shoot it down. Okay. Okay. Before we get to tipsy predictions. Woo. Yeah. You know what? See, we need to start our drinking an hour early. I know. Now we're well, my question for you is, I could literally, this would be terrible. I could walk out of the studio and go get two beers that are right out there. And we could drink two beers doing, drink a beer a piece during tipsy predictions. The wine pod, I, pr- maybe, maybe it, it's a, it's an, it's, it flies in the face of the wine pod. No, we got to just. We, we'll okay. Try, okay. Try. All right. Tipsy prediction times. Yeah. Nebraska Northwestern. The line, according to VegasInsider.com that I checked today. Nebraska's favored by 22 and a half. North Dakota, a couple of tidbits here I got from the Omaha World Herald. Yeah. Shouts out to the Omaha World Herald. Nebraska, or North Dakota has one FBS win in its program history, which they beat Wyoming in 2015. The last Power 5 team North Dakota played was Washington in 2018, where they lost 45-3. to North Dakota last year went 5-6, and six, but they were close. They were a lot like Nebraska. Frost even joked about this. Again, this is from the Omaha World Herald. Chew on this. North Dakota lost five. They, they lost five games in FCS play by an average of 4.6 points. Okay. Okay. North Dakota also either had the lead or a chance to take the lead in the fourth quarter in 11 games in 2021, but the team lost five games by single digits last season, which was the program first. How about that? Their quarterback also led the Missouri Valley Conference in passing yards and completion percentage. Okay. So that's a little just setting the stage. My first thought on this game before we get into the official prediction, any chance for a hangover? Long flight? The, the, those guys. A little I, emotional. I think there's, there's definitely a chance for what I'd call the first quarter could be like, you know what I'm saying? Like just... I wrote down better early energy would be something I'm watching for. Yeah, I mean, this is a for these guys. This is a first time ever thing. Like you're going to another country, switching time zones, coming back short week. Like it's set up to be kind of a hangover game. Now it shouldn't matter. You hope the crowd in the first home game yeah, that 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 should help. I, you know, I think they could be a little bit, you know, a little bit. Uh, slow getting out the gates but i mean the reality is like when it comes to these like fcs opponents like you should take care of business well and that's the thing too it's also important i've always felt in those kinds of games whenever we played our played mississippi valley state or something like that the one thing you want to do is remove all hope right away yeah right out the gates they will shut down if you if you put up 20 points in the first, you know, you quarter, first drive, march the down the throat, three and out, march yeah. it down like 14-0, and you just pounded them, like, th- they'll they'll start to think twice. The one thing you got to think about is, like, let's be honest, and this is crazy to say, and it hurts to say, like, I bet North Dakota's coming here thinking, like, we could win this game, given how Nebraska's yeah. been the last couple of years. I mean, I know that hurts. It, it hurts to even think that, but th- the reality is it would be a – it would. It's got to take some sort of. It would be. This would be disastrous miracle for them to beat us. You would think if we just, if we just play, even the game we played against Northwestern, oh, we win. Yeah, we could play worse than Northwestern and win. We just can't like give them a couple of cheap like pick six fumbles. Right. You know, like some sort of weird, bizarre like thing to give them a lead, and we feel pressure. Like we can't have that early. 
other thing I wrote down is a big game for the trenches. It's like a big game for both the offensive and defensive line from the standpoint of both those units kind of struggled to a certain extent in the first game. And you want to see Nebraska come out and like it's an FCS opponent. You want to come out like both those both those units should have a lot of success. Nebraska should be able to run the ball. Now, I was hearing some stuff that North Dakota is a big blitzing team. What are your I mean, you should be able to crease them with some runs probably or like what a ton about North Dakota, but. But just in general, a team that blitzes a lot, you're probably vulnerable for some big plays then, right? Yeah, that's usually it's usually boomer bust. Okay. Um, um but yeah, I, I just don't know. I just don't know a ton about Oh it. no, but and then and then you want to see that pass rush. I mean, I wrote a song called Mathis Got Sacks, like Mathis needs to get a sack. Well, he needs the opportunities to like Yeah, to your point, you never up. had like I was watching him close last game. It was just it was not Did you, you know, like what you see? Though? Did you did you look at his hiney? <laughs> He's not <laughs> What did you think of his heiny? Oh, when he got in his three-point stance, did you yeah, like his heiny? Whose heiny did you like more? Of, uh, Heinrich Harburg? Harburg. And the joke is, hey, hey, get you into my heiny. If, if I gave you the choice of <laughs> Tanner's heiny. Guess what? This the wine's out and you asked me, did you look at his heiny? Did you check out his heiny? <laughs> but honestly, though, did you like how he moved? Did you like his heiny? Nick, I did not. You didn't look at his hiney? I did not look at his hiney. But did you like how he moved? Not particularly, but he didn't get he didn't get he didn't have opportunities to really like it was a no hit him with the Nick Ba speed rush. Nick Ba swim move. Nick Ba speed, speed rush, rush swim camp. move. Go Nick Ba speed rush camp. <laughs> he didn't get a chance to to get his reps there, but he'll this game, I think he'll get a chance to just tee off on people. It'll be a good, you know, sort of like you know when like the prize fighters are like warming up for the big fight, they like they go face like Glass Joe and they just beat the shit out. Like <laughs> we need to beat the shit out of somebody. Well, that's good. North right. Dakota like, is our person. It would be really nice. You know what Nebraska needs is one of those stress-free, never a doubt from opening kick to final yeah. bell, dominate. We just everybody needs to make some big plays to build confidence. So the, right. especially the new guys. The new guys need to see themselves making plays and you build the comp. I mean, that's why like it sucks. Our first game schedule for the last handful of years has been just like like, not what we needed for a team that hasn't built confidence. Right. The first three games of the year, every year should be like roast beef state, frosted flakes university and freaking mayonnaise tech. Yeah. Right. But instead it's not quite been like that, but no, it's it's we just need to build confidence. It would be really confidence. nice to have a game where there's no, there's never a doubt. That's it. Like first drive, march it down, three and out, then punt, score again, three. You know, like it needs to be that. Just yep. dominate, dominate, dominate. Uh, do you think? I mean, I think. Do you think that's going to happen? Yeah. So I said forty-one seventeen. You got to score. You feeling? I think we'll we'll handle this one easy. I mean, like it'll just be like. I mean, like, are they going to guard Trey Palmer? Like, I don't know. Seems like it'd be hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> you tell me if you done Trey Palmer just on like a skinny Trey Palmer post six times in a row. It's gonna work. <laughs> what great analysis oh 
I'll this be is here. This is what you had Big Noon Like, I mean, what do you think? Let's go over to Bo. Well, this is North Dakota. Trey Palmer. They're going to guard Bones? Trey Palmer. Seems like it'd be pretty hard. Am I right? I'll Am I right, the, Matt I'll, Leiter? I'll take the Huskers. Hey, Urban Meyer. <laughs> what do you think? Hey, Urban, what do you think? What do you think, huh? <laughs> seems like it'd be pretty hard to guard him. I think Urban might be like, I think you're right. I think, <laughs> I think you're right. I talk to my guys about that all the time. It's hard to guard guys that can run really fast. But yeah, like Trey Palmer is going to be superior athletically. I mean, that's where it is much. My man's the, got the mouthpiece just like, I mean, that thing is just. I mean, put your mouthpiece in. Let's see if he puts his mouthpiece in. But, I mean, Nick, we got a stable of running backs that are all like we're trying to find the guy. I think there's going to be a couple of them that are going to have good games. They're going to have places to run. Like, like these guys should build some confidence by being able to make some runs. against. Right. Them. I think you might see Ramir this weekend. Yeah. I think you might see Gabe Irvin this weekend. And then hopefully you see a lot of these guys because it's a blowout and you're getting a lot of guys in. Grant, the and Grant, like, between those four, like, Somebody start making AJ Allen to yeah. I mean, AJ played in the in the in the Northwestern game, but yeah, I think they're going to play. I think they, I think they're going to play well. I think they will. If they don't like, it's just like I don't even know what I'll say. If they don't play like. They, I mean, obviously they, they got to win, but like right. But at some if point, but close, but if we're doing the recap pod and it's like it was twenty one to twenty, if we eke one out, like oh, I mean, man. it's like you, it's worse than the alternative. But at the same time, like at some point, you got to start like yeah. You know, building, 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 and like Trev said, got to see some progress. Yeah, like got to start getting her going a little. It's a young bit. team, I think they'll they'll find their foot in this game. I, I think so. So I'm going 41-17. And in the words of Bo Rude, are they going to guard Trey Palmer? <laughs> Seems like it'd be pretty hard. Okay, <laughs> that's what it would be. Okay, we've gone long enough, my friend. Maybe maybe we have one after we turn off the mics. I don't know, but hey. this wine was delish. Big shouts out to Go Currency for sponsoring the 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 wine pod. Yeah, this was fun. We're gonna be doing this every every Wednesday. week, baby. Yeah, every every Wednesday, Wednesday, we're doing it. So make sure you are ready for recap pod. Okay, yep. we're doing recap pod after the North Dakota game. We'll probably tape on Sunday. You good for Sunday? Or you want to go Sunday? I'm I'm predicting Trey Palmer. Trey Palmer three to touchdowns. Sorry, to According guard. to you, he's hard to guard. He's gonna have three touchdowns. So there you go. Okay, let's go get a beer. Let's go get a beer. Huda Media Production.